are now listening to Late Hit Pro Football Radio. All right, everyone, welcome back to another edition of Late Hit with Matt and Tyler. We're going to get into some topics and discussions from around the leagues we saw you guys last week. And then we're going to do our two teams for State of the Franchises to wrap up the segment this week. Our first topic that we want to talk to you guys about is the Bills and defensive tackle Ed Oliver have agreed to terms on a four-year, $68 million extension with $45 million in that guaranteed. I think this is he's a uh, pretty solid uh, signing for them. He's been one of the anchors of that defensive line uh, for the last couple of years, and I think them signing him and getting him done to a long-term extension is a great move for this defense. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's been in the league since 2019, so he's only 25 years old, I believe. I mean, uh, yeah, 25 years old, and uh, he's he's more like you said, he's more of the anchor of the of the defense. Um, <clears throat> trying to get into some of the stats here, but I keep losing my place. Um, so he's only he's missed a few games as of last year. 2022 season, but before uh, besides that, he hasn't missed any games. Um, uh, as far as sacks, he's not like a sack machine. He's more of a uh, a better tackler and uh, maybe a QB hurrier. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, he's he's uh, you know interior defensive lineman. So those guys yeah. aren't primarily known for gobbling up the quarterback right and he does switch besides beside um to both sides of the interior so he is pretty versatile so i think it's a good a good signing uh those guys are getting more and more pricey (laughs) is uh it's it's good to see some some love for your offensive linemen i mean your linemen in general so yeah on both sides of the ball because in the last few years i feel like they're their uh, values really climbed a lot, and it's not just quarterback anymore. It's other positions that oh yeah, deserve everybody's it. getting paid nowadays. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and like I and I follow football pretty well, but Ed Oliver isn't really a name that you hear too much of. Um, like I said, he's not really a guy that's going to go out there and sack the quarterback two three times a game, uh, but he does get his work in, and he does. He's very productive for the Bills. Um, but I was watching after this signing happened on Twitter, somebody had posted um, like highlights of him playing last year and the year before and stuff like that. And he's really got a nice finesse move and he can really get around offensive linemen pretty well to make big plays for the team. And like I said, I, I mean, I haven't watched too much film on him, but from what I saw uh, the last couple of days after the signing happened, uh, people were just posting his film and stuff, but he's, He's a really good defensive lineman, and he's really smart, and he has the finesse moves to get around people to make big plays. Yeah. Uh, I guess that would be – he'd be going into his fifth year, I said, right? Yeah. He's actually he's – actually, uh, one thing I didn't realize, he was picked ninth, ninth overall. That's pretty, yeah. that's pretty incredible for a defensive tackle. You don't see that too often. Uh and to actually like you know stay stay with it and stand out. Um, usually, when you think of like interior guys, you think of guys like Aaron Donald that's really going to make the money like that. But you see guys like this also, yeah, bringing in the, the cheddar. 
Yeah, there's not too many, like you said, besides maybe Aaron Donald, there aren't too many interior defensive linemen, nose tackles and stuff like that, that you really hear too much about. I mean, most of the guys on defense that, that make a name for themselves are obviously your edge rushers and, you know, your your linebackers getting to the quarterback, making big plays like that. Nine times out of ten, you see a defensive tackle, he's just swallowing blocks, you know. Most of the time he's getting double teamed, um, you know, or – you know, people are pushing them out of the way to make inside runs for their their running backs and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, I really, really like seeing, especially an interior defensive lineman, get a big contract like that. And you know, Ed Oliver, he's worth every penny. I think he's he's going to continue to be a great defensive lineman for the Bills. Yep. Okay, so the Broncos have agreed to terms with former Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark. Uh, this is only a one-year deal. is worth five point five million in fully guaranteed base salary, uh, but with incentives and stuff like that, it could be worth up to seven and a half million dollars when it's all said and done with. Um, I mean, he was he was a, a solid piece of that Chiefs defense for the last couple of years now, yeah. um, and then before that, he was a pretty good, you know, edge rusher with the Seahawks. So I think you know what we've seen from him the last couple of years. Has he declined a little bit? Yeah, but he's still a pretty good edge rusher in his own right. And I think the Broncos signing him to, you know, a one-year kind of prove-me deal there, I think that was a good move for them. But I think also they're going to get a lot of value out of him. Yeah, and uh, he's still not even 30 years old, so um, they got got that going for him. And he's a guy that's not really known for having anything, like uh, any critical injuries throughout his career, so. Uh, it's good to have guys that um, you know, you know, will be there day in and day out. Uh, I think the signing dollar amounts really, really good too. You know what I mean? You can't complain about, you know, what'd you say, f- uh, five and a half million fully yeah. guaranteed. That's yep. that's really not nothing for not anything for a, a defensive end that's kind of been proven. I mean, he's not a he's another guy that's. I mean, he's a defensive end, but he's not really like going to lead your team in sacks or anything like that, but he's going to give you everything you got. And, yeah. Uh, he's going to do what he can and uh, get to the quarterback as much as he can, but he's declined a little bit, but you know, that, that always comes with age. You know, he's, he's, he'll probably get signed again, but I'm surprised uh, Kansas city let him go to be honest, but yeah, I mean, I think they're, more focusing Kansas City's more focusing their defense uh you know secondary right now I think because like we talked about last year um they had the most inexperienced secondary in the NFL I think like three out of the four guys were were rookies last year so I mean Mm -hmm. Frank Clark wasn't really a guy that they put at the top of their list to make a priority to bring him back um but at the same time you know I think he's going to fit really well into the Broncos defense, you know, obviously that was their strong point last year was their defense there in Denver. And I think he's going to make it a a really good addition. um, And he's only going to make this defense better. Um, So he's going to be a nice compliment there in Denver. And I really like the signing for the the Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos really, uh, really stacked their defense. Uh, DJ Jones and Zach Allen and, um, they have a real nice linebacker group and then they got 
Patrick Sertain in the back and um, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons. They have a really good defense. Um, yeah. I think you'll see much better defense than what you saw last year. So, yeah, uh, and I'm excited to see what Frank can do in that system. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I think their defense was averaging um, their opponents only allowing them like 15 or 16 points a game, I think. Um, All right. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Unfortunately, Denver's offense couldn't score more than 15, 16 points a game to help them out. But, um, yeah, Frank uh, Frank Clark's only going to make this defense better. Um, and I think that they're going to be a top-five defense uh, in 2023, and they're really going to help solidify this Broncos to make a, you know, a playoff push. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the offense definitely has its own things that uh, maybe Sean Payton can yeah. adjust. Adjust, we'll see. But uh, I, I've lost a lot of faith in Russell Wilson, as I'm sure many people have over uh 2022 season and even the 2021 season is last year at Seahawks. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it's that's a – I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where you go from there with him, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's – give him this year yet. I mean, he's got, unfortunately he's got to learn a new offense now that Sean Payton's the head coach there. But I think if anybody, like we've t- talked about before, if anybody can turn that team around, it's going to be Sean. Um, mm-hmm. And we've seen Russell Wilson play very well before in the past, you know, other than the last couple, you know, maybe two, three years, uh, Russell Wilson's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league at the beginning of his career. So hopefully Sean, can bring that side of Russell back and bring that game back to where it was before he started declining the last couple of years. Um, but the defense is there. So offense is the only thing that they really need to focus on. And, uh, you know, Sean Payton's that guy that's going to get the offense to where it needs to be to be successful. Yeah, I agree. All right. So one of the bigger stories uh, – this week is the Vikings have released pro ball running back Dalvin cook after six seasons with the team. Now this is, I mean, we've seen teams do this before where they've released, you know, one of the better players on their team. And I'm sure it had to do a lot with uh, him being so injury prone the last few years. Uh, But Dalvin cook was one hell of a running back and, you know, he's been one of the better running backs in the league the last few years. So for them to release him, I was kind of shocked about, and uh, I think he's going to be a really great addition to any team that he signs with. Yeah, he's still definitely one of the better running backs in the league. And, uh, I mean, you know how I feel about running backs, but Dallin right. Cook is one of those running backs that are, that's still probably a top five running back. Yeah, And uh, it seemed like, uh, per Adam Schefter, uh, unable to find a last-minute trade partner, the Vikings have officially released four-time Pro Bowler running back Dalvin Cook. So it came down to probably um, not wanting to pay what's about to come. You know what I mean? So yeah. pretty much more financial side of things. Um, might as well might as well just uh, break free of the chains now and um, take what you got on the roster already and put your money elsewhere. But uh, like you said, whatever team gets him is going to gonna be – I mean, he's trying out a lot of different teams I see – Rumors of Jets, um, Miami, Dallas. Uh, a lot of teams worked him out already. So, I, I, 
I mean, to me, I don't really understand why he worked the guy out like that. Yeah. <laughs> you just you watched the fucking film. Yeah. yeah what you, you, what you, you know what you got in him. I can uh, understand, like, a pre-signing physical, obviously, but, like, yeah. why waste your time and his time? Like, if I was Dalvin Cook, I'd be like, nah, bro. I'm, like, I'm not, I don't need to work out. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be arrogant, but, like, just go look at my film, dude. I'm top five in, in league. Still top five, so. Yeah, I mean, he was uh... – yeah, definitely one of the top five backs in the league. And I think uh, two, three years ago, he actually led the league in rushing yards. So, I mean, yeah. uh, I know Wednesday night when the Vikings announced that they were planning on releasing him, they were trying all day Thursday to find a trade suitor for him. And uh, one yeah. of the teams that was really interested was the Dolphins. Um, and I, I'm expecting Dalvin Cook to go there. I think, you know, Miami needs a running back. They're very interested in Dalvin Cook. Um, I can see him getting a pretty substantial deal from them uh, because they aren't really paying anybody besides Tyree Kill. Um, so they've got the cap space. They can bring in a guy like Dalvin Cook and overpay for him if they have to just to get a good running back in the backfield, you know, kind of to take some of the pressure off of Tua in the passing game, you know, just kind of establish a run game that they really haven't had the last season or two. Yeah, and – my understanding, they only owe him two million dollars yet. So, yeah, I guess now's the time to do it when you only have a little bit of dead money. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I I'm expecting I expect him to go to the Dolphins. Uh, oh yeah, you know, for sure. You know the could, Broncos or yeah, uh, but I think he's probably going to be on one of those show me deals that they might sign him to a year contract, maybe two years, just because of you know the injuries that he suffered the last couple of years i think uh teams are going to want to make sure that they they've got a good investment before they throw a big money contract at a guy like dalvin cook yeah and uh as far as the vikings you know they're probably going to stick with madison as yeah. their starter and i mean we've seen it multiple times when dalvin cook goes down with injury which isn't that uncommon for you know for him he that is one of his flaws it seems like he did have a little bit of without looking at the numbers of course he did have some injury prone to, uh, seasons and uh, what I can't think of his name. Is his name Anderson Madison or uh, I forget um, his first name. Yeah. I, Madison. Think of I forget but his fucking first name. He's, he's, uh, been, he's, he's a hell he, of a running back. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's no Dalvin cook, but you know, when Dalvin cook was injured, he came in and, and did a pretty good job. So <laughs> he filled he the role pretty good. Yeah. yeah. He, he definitely showed that he could be that team starting running back. And I think that's who they're going to roll with you know, going into this season, um, you know, they might sign another running back or two just to bring in a training camp and preseason and see who they can put behind Madison as a, a solid number two there. But I think, I think Madison is going to be that team's starting running back this season. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So the Cowboys and defensive back Trayvon Diggs had preliminary talks about a potential contract extension um, the market value right now for top cornerbacks is around $20 million a year. Diggs is currently set to play the final year of his rookie deal in 2023 for $4.3 million. Does he deserve to be, and I want to get your perspective as a Cowboys fan, but do you think he deserves to be the league's highest paid defensive back? Is he worth it? I mean, personally, he's the next man up. It's just like kind of like a quarterback situation. And when you're top five, whatever order you want to put these guys in for cornerbacks, DBs, right. uh, 
um, when you're next man up, it's just gonna, that's what you're going to get paid. And that's, it is what it is regardless, you know, people will say, Oh, you know, this guy's better. That guy's better. This guy, you know, it doesn't really matter when you're top five, top seven, top eight, whatever you want to put it. Um, all these guys are so close to each other. You know what I mean? Um, who's the guy that left Jacksonville and went to, uh, whatchamacallit? Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey. Um, yeah, he like like for instance, him. Some people, you know, he towards the end of the season, like he he seems to like he goes in like spurts of being like, wow, this guy is probably the top DB in the league, yeah. and then all of a sudden he'll have multiple games where it's like he just gets burned, yeah. and so it leaves it's like a question up in the air. It's like when he got paid, was he the top guy at the time? And you know what I mean. So it's like it's the next man up. It doesn't really matter what you think if he's the best guy, he's gonna get paid like the best guy. So yeah, I agree with it, and it's unfortunate for Dallas, but that's yeah. the bad thing about picking a good, uh, picking well in the drafts. You know what I mean? Eventually, you're gonna have to pick the uh, pay these guys, or eventually you're not. So yeah, I mean, I personally think he's definitely top two, top three in the league as far as defensive backs goes. Um, I would say he's better than Jalen Ramsey. In in my personal opinion, I'd say he's a better defensive back than Jalen Ramsey is. Um, you have hatred towards Jalen Ramsey I mean, too, though. You're I, a little biased. I, yeah, I am, a, I am a little biased and a little salty <laughs> because yeah. of Jalen Ramsey's breakup with the Jaguars. But uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think he is. I mean, I've seen, uh, I mean, I've seen consistency out of Trayvon Diggs, you know. Um, and then, like you said before, we've seen Jalen Ramsey, time and time again, especially in more recent memory, he's getting burned. Um, and he's not, I mean, not saying that he's trash or anything like that because he still is one of the league's better defensive backs, but I don't think I would take him over Trayvon Diggs. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I do think that, you know, he's worth the money that they're paying him. But I do think that Trayvon does deserve to be the highest paid defensive back in the league, because in my opinion, he is the best defensive back in the league. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, if you had to pick, let's see who would be your top, top, like say three, since that's like probably top three, I'd say Diggs. I'd probably throw slay in there. Day slay. Uh, and then I would probably say, I think, Throw Slay in there like three, four years ago. I don't know about it anymore. I, think I just feel like really well last year. he did, but now that I've watched him more since he's in the NFC East, he gets burned a lot over the top. I mean, so does Diggs, but Diggs doesn't get thrown out a lot, so he doesn't have too much opportunity. Like they avoid him because he doesn't have somebody to crawl. When he had Brad, he has Bradbury, so it's kind of like a pick and choose who you want. And he's obviously better than Bradbury, but but keep going. Yeah, I mean, I like I said. Um, I would definitely put Diggs number one. Uh, like I said, I just uh, said he's probably one of the better ones. He's my favorite one in the league. Um, but I do like Slay. Um, mm-hmm. But I would probably put Jari Alexander f- from Green Bay. I'd probably yeah, put him good. in my top three. And then Jalen Ramsey. Like I said, Jalen Ramsey and Darius Slay <laughs> are probably neck and neck for my number three right now. But I would yeah. I'd definitely go Diggs. Alexander and then like I said Slay or or Ramsey for number three yeah and I think uh yeah I think I could I could kind of agree with you and um who's the guy from Jets uh oh um 
Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner, he's pretty damn good too. I mean, he is, but I want to see more than just his rookie season before. Right. I, yeah, I, I agree too. That's why I wasn't put him in the yeah. top top three, but he had a hell of a turnout of a season. So he did, yeah. Uh, that defense is just nasty. Uh, yeah, it I, is. Yeah, and they're definitely going to do pretty well. So I, I was thinking about this earlier, and it's kind of like when Tom Brady signed with the Bucks his first year there, they won the Super Bowl. And it's kind of a similar situation as to what Aaron Rodgers is going into. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady went into the Bucks. They had the receivers, you know, Godwin, Evans, Gronk came along, and then they had, you know, one of the best defenses in the league too. So, do you think what do you, what do you think the chances of the Jets making a Super Bowl push this year? Uh, you know, as a similar situation where Rodgers is going into the Jets where they've got one of the better defenses and he's got, you know, limitless talent. Uh, if they, if they win the Super Bowl, it's, it's, un, it's, it's, un, it's undeniably rigged. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Scripted. Uh, we call it scripted now. Oh, oh scripted, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, honestly, all joking aside, we talked about this before. Much as I can't stand Aaron Rodgers, it's not debatable that he's not a great quarterback. So, uh, aside from Aaron Rodgers, there's so much talent on that fucking team, and the Jets and they just, just keep signing up. people. The Jets cracked me up because we just went from the Jets two years ago, <laughs> not like two years, like they've drafted and dumped this roster and signed these guys within the last two three years because we went from a dumpster fire to this. Yeah. Like, if he's not on your if they're not on your board to take serious this year, you don't follow the NFL really. Like yeah. you follow your team and that's it. Um, no, I would take, I would in, instantly put him as a, as a uh, Super, Bowl, Super contender. Bowl contender. You know, they have one of the best rosters in the league and it's weird to say, it's like, Oh, about the Jets. Mean, it's, yeah, it's weird to say that about the Jets. It's like when the might like Miami, when they took their turn, you know what I mean? And they, I mean, they're, I don't think they're nearly as good as what the Jets are. I just think the Jets are just loaded all around, and it's just easy to look over because it's the Jets. You know what I mean? Yeah, and when it's weird to think about them possibly being one of the better teams because, like you said, we've seen so much trash out of them the last, you know, 10, 15 years. I mean, you could just take your pick of bad – like, and then we had – I had a little bit of hope, and I was kind of hoping that Sam Darnold was going to be that guy for them. Mm-hmm. And I know you don't like Sam Darnold, but him, coming out, him going out of college uh, and going, unfortunately, going to a team like the Jets, I had high hopes for him and that team once they drafted him. Uh, but unfortunately, he didn't turn out that way. And then they kind of brought in Zach Wilson, which also didn't turn out that way for them. And now, <laughs> now they finally got a, you know a really solid quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and that's really the key piece that they've been missing to get this team together. And I think they've all around got one of the most complete teams in the league right now. And I think, you know, other than the chiefs and obviously the bills are always going to be contenders and, and the Bengals. but I think top four teams in the AFC right now are those four teams, you know, chiefs, Bengals, bills, and jets. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it comes down to Rogers being a leader like Brady is and not letting his ego get the best of him. Right and just teaching these because it's a young team. I don't know like the statistics of how young they are compared to other teams overall on the average age, but 
a lot of their their talent is younger, and uh, none of them they're not they're not a winning organization per se. You know what I mean? So right. to change to go from a losing mentality to a Green Bay, for example, mentality like Rodgers has, which is pretty much you're going to make the playoffs every year. The Jets are the complete opposite. You know what I mean? That's yeah. am I wrong about that? No. Like, Green Bay's mentality is okay. We're we know we're going to make the playoffs this year, but yeah. we're probably going to lose in the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're saying that to themselves every year. We're probably going to lose in the second or third round. So, <laughs> uh, um, what was I saying? So yeah. to, to to flip an organization's mentality like that is just crazy to do over one year. Yeah. So if I had to guess, it would probably be not this season. It would be next season for them to really make a huge, huge push, but um, obviously that's not what they're going for. They're going to push put it, push all the chips in the yeah, middle I mean, of I, I think, the table for this season. I think with Aaron Rodgers' age and knowing that they've only got you know so much time with him, I think that they're going to push. They're, they're ready to win now, essentially, is what they're looking at, and they've got to make it happen within the next year or two or, or their time is up with Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, they're definitely going to, you know, put all their cards on the table and do their best to, to win this year. But like it's, like you said, if it's not this year, it might be next year. But I, I expect them to at least play in an AFC championship game in the next year or two. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Kind of weird to say, but, yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> especially from the Jets, a team that mm-hmm. hasn't been to the playoffs in how long? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But then I mean, again, that's going to be a that's going to be a challenge. But yeah, but then again, like how long was it before? You know, when Tom Brady got there, how long before that was it? Before the Bucks were in the playoffs, because they had they've never they were never there with Jameis Winston, and it was they were never there once. No, wow, yeah, I think it was like twelve to ten or twelve years a playoff drought for them before Tom Brady got there. So you know, yeah, no, I'm sure no one was thinking. The Tom Tom Brady was going to take that team and win a Super Bowl with them, you know. I knew that. He oh, was, I'm sure he, a lot of people were thinking that. Well, I mean, I knew it was he was going to change the culture there, and they were going to be at least a playoff team. But I had never expected them to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. What's like this? How many quarterbacks have won a Super Bowl with two different teams? Uh, Peyton Manning did it. Yeah, the Broncos and the Colts. Tom Brady, obviously. Um, let me look it up. I don't know. I know. Well, technically, are we talking about like has two rings with two different teams, or yeah. is like the starting quarterback and won two yeah. Super Bowls? Because I know Steve Young. He's got he has a Super Bowl ring. Uh, no, he he's he's got multiple. Eight Manning and Tom Brady are the only two. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, well, Craig Morton and Kurt Warner are the only QB to have started for a second team. What? Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Werner with the oh man. in the Super Bowl okay yeah, he yeah. started in the Super yeah. Bowl yeah yeah right yeah okay yeah so uh, yeah uh, Aaron, that's pretty you know, crazy Aaron Rodgers could be the the third quarterback to win in the Super Bowl with two multi- with two different teams so <laughs> and it's just hard because when a, you know a team gets a quarterback like that they're not going to like Tom Brady went to the Bucks and now Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets they're not going to a team that's you know. Super Bowl contender already because mm-hmm. if they were, they wouldn't need a quarterback. So, I mean, 
for them to go to a team like the Bucks or you know Aaron Rodgers the Jets and then you know Peyton Manning he went to the Broncos who weren't really that great when he went there either. So I mean it takes a lot to turn a team around. But when then also though once you got get a Hall of Fame quarterback like that to your team, you know obviously a lot of other free agents are going to want to sign there to potentially win a Super Bowl. And so you know a quarterback like that can bring talent to a team. All right. Yep. All right. So I don't even have to get on that topic because I don't even see that on our list. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I brought it up because I was thinking about it with Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, you lost me there. <laughs> I just I was thinking about it all day today, and I wanted to get your uh, you know opinion on it and pick your brain about it. Yeah, thanks uh, for the warning. <laughs> uh, free agent wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. He was just released from the Cardinals. He's scheduled to meet with the Tennessee Titans on Sunday, and then he has a scheduled meeting with the New England Patriots next week sometime. Um, you know, I, I really think him going to the Titans would be a good fit for him, you know, kind of reuniting with Mike Vrabel because Mike Vrabel was the defensive coordinator with the Texans when Hopkins was still in Houston. Um, and then I also really like, you know, him potentially – going to the Patriots and kind of being that one-two punch there with Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, I think would be a great thing for Mac Jones to have. Um, do you think either one of these teams is going to sign him, or do you think they're just bringing him in to kind of talk to him and, and get a better idea of whether or not they want to? I mean, yeah, you're going to see him probably go do workouts and shit with a bunch of different teams, but um, Patriots obviously need some, somebody. And uh, probably the Titans as well. So, you know, it's not like they're bringing him in there just uh, for like a coaching Rooney rule bullshit. They're bringing right. him in there to actually see if he's a he's a fit and all. But like I said earlier, you know what he's got. Right. But with Hopkins, um, I would just, you know, I would maybe do it just because he's just coming off an injury and, you know, all that stuff from Arizona and everything. Yeah. Uh, how many games did he play last season? Let's see. Uh, well, he was suspended for the first, what, six games of the season last year? Oh, okay. That was a suspended season. Okay. Yeah. And then the year before that, he was injured. He only played yeah. 10 games. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, the last two games, two years, he hasn't. he's only played a max of 10 games each yeah. season. So, uh, it did, I mean, with the 10, he had nine games last year after suspension, and he still put up 717 yards. Or maybe and, maybe twenty twenty one was the suspension. I don't know. Yeah. One, he was either last one of them. Yeah, one of yeah. them was injured. One of them he was suspended. Yeah, I mean, like, but like I said last year, he had nine games and he had seven hundred seventeen yards. I don't even think uh, the little guy was there all season. Didn't they have uh, oh, yeah. a? They had Colt uh, McCoy. Colt McCoy, yeah, and then who's your him. your boy from Penn State? Uh, Trace McSorley. Trace McSorley. Played, yeah. He started one game I there. I forgot he went there. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he did get some. He was on the Ravens. Yeah. And then they had uh, shit. The guy he was on the Lions practice squad, but he started like the last. They had four starting quarterbacks last year. Yeah. So, so that's pretty know. incredible yeah. for that. Uh, Seven hundred seventeen yards coming off of you know four different quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, but you know. There's that injury thing, but he's 31 years old, I think. Yeah, that's that's old for a receiver. 
it's old, but you know, you still see Seavers in the league for how long? Uh, look at uh, <laughs> Larry, Larry oh, yeah. Fitzpatrick, that's retired probably. Or Fitzgerald, he's yeah. retired at what, like 34, 35? I don't even know. Yeah, he spent his he's entire older. spent his entire career with the Cardinals too. Yeah, that's that's weird. Incredible to see a, a guy, fin- especially receiver, finish out a long career like that with one team. And like the best dude ever. Yeah, like I don't, I, like I don't think there just, was a better just personality. Not, not, yeah, not only football wise, but just all around, just one of the greatest guys you'll ever see. Yeah, you you rarely ever saw him. You know, do one of those over the top celebrations. Nine times out of ten, he handed the ball to the ref and ran back to the sideline. Like, yeah, he w- wasn't. He would never showboated or anything like that. He just went out there, yeah, did, his, did his job, and kept his mouth shut. He was, yeah, one of the greats. Yeah, yeah, and he made some hell of a catch. Like, I love oh my God, yeah. Larry. I, I mean, Larry Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitzgerald. Why do you keep saying that? Why do I keep saying Fitz better? Got Fitz fucking, magic on the brain. Fitz magic on the brain. Yeah. Fitz Gerald, I love watching his highlights, man, because he could lay, he'd lay out for him too, and yeah, he's and like he's, a young receiver until the day he retired. He yeah. just, he, I just love to watch him. Yeah, and he was like, it wasn't really a guy that you really heard too much about, like his first year or two in the in the league. Like, I know he he played college football at Pittsburgh. And then got drafted by the Cardinals, but like you didn't really hear too much about him until like Kurt Warner and got there, and, and you know they started identifying as a passing offense, which is good for Larry because you know he had, like I said, he had a hell of a career there. Even when Kyler Murray came in, like he still did pretty well up until his retirement. I think it's a shame that his career was kind of wasted for many seasons there where they didn't really have a team. But you know, like I said, he's. Never complained, never heard him complaining to the media about his team or anything like that, how bad they were. He, like I said, he just went in there, he did his job, kept his mouth shut, and, you know, did that for, what, 16 years, I think it was, something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, good guy. Only the team, the league had uh, more guys like that. Yeah. And I wonder how many times he took a discount for the team or, uh, you know, stuff you just don't ever hear of. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he was frustrated at times. Like I said, they weren't really the best team, you know, most of his career. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he never I'd be bitching up a storm. Yeah. Never, never asked for a trade, never asked to be, you know, released or anything so he could sign with a contender or anything like that. You know, he just he just wanted to play football. It, that's, there that's was of, talks in his last contract that he was going to go elsewhere, and then yeah, but he, it wasn't him requesting it. It was just no, no, no. Yeah, the like, team trying to float it around, and then I think I wonder if he took it like this. I don't really remember. It was a couple of years back. Yeah, but. You know, but he's just like I said, he's just one of those guys where he he was literally there to play football, like nothing else. Didn't care about the money. Didn't care about the the accolades or anything like that. He just he just wanted to get the job done. He just wanted to play ball. Yeah. But, yep. yeah, I mean, I, I can see DeAndre Hopkins signing with either one of these teams. I mean, if I had to p- pick out of the two teams that he's scheduled to visit, I'd say he'd probably sign with the – probably would sign with the Titans over the Patriots just because uh, the Patriots just gave that money to Juju Smith-Schuster and the Titans don't really have any receivers worth mentioning on their roster. So I think – and like I said, the, the relationship between him and Vrabel from when they were both in Houston together. I mean, I would think if anything, he would probably sign with the Titans over the Patriots. 
yeah, we'll maybe. S- we'll see. Same. I mean, I, I think I think he's going to find a team within the next couple weeks here, definitely before training camp. Um, but we'll keep you guys posted on where and if he signs somewhere. Um, but moving on to our next topic. Um, Shannon Sharp and Fox Sports have reached a buyout agreement that will end his partnership with Skip Bayless on Fox Sport 1's Undisputed after the NBA Finals are over. Uh, Sharp's departure comes after tensions between him and Skip Bayless spilled on the air in January following Skip's uh, controversial tweet about Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin. Now, I'm kind of upset about this. I know you and I, we reference them all the time. We're huge fans of undisputed, you know, Shannon and Skip. So I'm going to be upset to see their partnership end. Uh, you know, they were always pretty comedical to me. I, I enjoyed watching them together. Yeah. Uh, I just, do you think it's 100% on their relationship, Skip and Shannon? Do you think that's exactly what it's, what the reason for? You think the media is just blowing it up because there's always got to be a reason and not just an opportunity? I mean, it might not be 100% that's the reason, uh, but I don't think that helped the situation. And I think, yeah. I don't know, maybe he was getting towards the end of his, his contract and they just decided to buy him out instead of resigning him and continuing the show to go on. Um, you know, maybe they were just getting sick of Shannon and Skip on the network and they wanted to, you know, revamp or something like that. But, I mean... And I think I think before that, the Skip and Shannon have you know we've seen them argue and yell at each other and stuff like that. But they've always had a pretty oh, good relationship, years. I think. Yeah. Uh, and like like you said, we I I say stop it, Skip, to you all the time. You know, yeah. referencing the Shannon and stuff like that. So I mean, they they're pretty good. They were a pretty good duo for many years, and and it was funny just to see, you know, the way especially. Shannon, you know, he his reactions to Skip and stuff like that. I, I mean, I, I loved watching these two. Yeah, and it's not so more so much about you know taking the information that they provide because some of us, you know, like Skip is so biased and yeah. Shannon is just so biased as well. And it just makes it for good entertainment. It's more of an entertainment television. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they, I've been watching them since they've come out, and I actually haven't watched them much this uh, this season, but. Uh, I think they came out like six or seven years ago and you know, they've been pretty good since that and they probably one of the higher ratings on the network. So yeah. it's a shocker to, to see this happen. But personally, I don't think it's due to the, like a breakup between Skip and Shannon. I just don't, th- I think that's media driven. Yeah. I think they've always had that. That's, that's what made the show. Yeah. And I don't think, I think Shannon does take it personally sometimes uh, and then Skip obviously has a no filter and just kind of goes off the deep end. But I think, you know, behind the scenes, they're probably best friends. And I don't think that has to do with it. But that's my opinion, because not neither of them came out and really said, you know, this is why or that's why or whatever. So it's just all speculation. Yeah. I mean, undisputed maybe ending. But, you know, hey, FS1, what about bringing late hit to the network? <laughs> I think we got a little ways to yeah. go for that, buddy. Yeah, that would be awesome, though. I would, uh, I would play the, the Shannon Sharp role. <laughs> we don't need FS1. FS1 needs us. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, but yeah, they've they've got. I mean, I like a, a lot of their other programs on there, their shows and stuff like that. But Shannon and Skip were definitely they do my good, favorite. Yeah, yeah. Good I'm, pre- I'm almost certain it was the most re- uh, highly rated. Yeah. But I know Skip does come off, you know, rough on people. Yeah. But uh, that's what people like him because he's just one of those. He's exactly like uh, what's a guy on uh, makes fun of Skip all the time in the Cowboys. Uh, God damn it! Can't think of his name. Who is uh, hairlines halfway back to his head? What the fuck is his name? Jesus on uh, ESPN. Oh, um, he's always on Michael Irvin. Uh, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's yeah. like him. He's he's yeah. he just tells you right how it is, and I love yeah. it. Yeah, you know, that's it's just you know, Skip sometimes take it a little too far and. I don't like when they bring politics and stuff in the sports. I just don't. Yeah. And that's kind of like the DeMar Hamlin thing, not to get on this topic, but, and I know we were podcasting at the time it all happened, but it got too political and I just didn't like that. And I, I don't like, it's one thing for social media and Twitter and all those people on Twitter, you know, they're going to make everything political and big deal about, you know, this and that and have their opinions, whatever. But when you're a public figure like those two, don't go political with it. Just speak yeah. on it. Tell tell your feelings quick, and just don't go there because somebody could not have the same opinion as you, and you know that just never goes good when it's yeah. <laughs> when it's political. I, I, I don't know. It's just never a good never a good debate for for somebody, and it just always ends in a sour situation. And I just I just don't like politics and sports at all, and I've never been a fan of that. Yeah, and that was. You know, one of the, you know, not not the politics thing, but one of the, the best things about Undisputed was because they were two, like, polar opposites. Like, Skip was, you know, completely opposite of what Shannon was, and they kind of balanced each other out. So it was kind of funny because of Skip, he was, you know, he's a Cowboys fan. Um, I think he's a huge LeBron James fan, too. And uh, he's a huge Tom Brady fan. And Shannon Sharp is like completely out, like the opposite. Like he hated the Cowboys, didn't really mm-hmm. care for Tom Brady, wasn't really a big LeBron fan. So, you know, it's rare to find two guys like that who can, you know, balance each other out like they did. And it was just, it was fun to watch for so long. And now, you know, after the NBA finals, which is, you know, a week or so away, uh, you know, we won't see them on Undisputed anymore. It will be ending Yep. Okay, and kind of speaking of Demar Hamlin, uh, he was a full participant in Bill's team workouts. You know, just five months after suffering that cardiac arrest on the field during the Monday night game in January, so it's kind of amazing to see what happened to him. To where you know a lot of reports were saying they didn't think he was going to survive uh, after what happened to him on the field against the Bengals back in January. And now just, you know, months later, he's already out and practicing with his team again on the field and, you know, participating in organized team activities. So, I mean, that's just phenomenal to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. And uh, probably nobody thought he would ever play again, let alone, no. you know, some, you know, even make it through it. But yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy to see something yeah. like that happen. And uh we- so, like, if if you were if you were Demar Hamlin and that happened to you, would no. you 
essentially mm-hmm. died on the football. Would you go back well, to it? I don't. Maybe you know this answer, or maybe you don't. Does he have like? Does he still have like a heart condition, or did they uh, fix it, or did just need a? I, I think, like I don't know. Like, a, did they need a stint, or you know? I, I have no idea what. I don't really. What, I don't think that they did anything but CPR and kind of <laughs> had him on a ventilator until he was able to breathe on his own and everything. But I don't. I know he had he or he was diagnosed with like an underlying cardiac. Issue, That's what I mean. Like, is was was that resolved? You know what I mean? Did they like? Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure it's under control to the point where he's he's probably taking medication for it and stuff like that. And he's 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 been cleared by doctors. Like, they're not going to say, "Hey, it's unhealthy for you to play," and then he's just going to go back on the field. No, he's been he's been cleared by by doctors, and he's gotten second opinions and stuff like that. So he's medically able to play football if he wants to. But my question to you is, if that happened to you on the field, do you think you would go no. back to playing? No, you wouldn't. No, dude. I, I like I, I, uh, I got a Peloton recently, and I follow my heart rate and everything because yeah. you read so much about these athletes, and these guys are, you know, tip top shape, right. dropping over from heart issues and stuff. So, <laughs> so I read on that kind of stuff, and I watch my heart rate, and as soon as it goes over, like. 180. I'm backing the fuck down. Like, fuck this. I'm, not, I'm not even yeah. pushing it. You know what I mean? So yeah. if that should happen to me now, I, I would be, I would be so nervous at all times. And oh, I would yeah. just, it would just constantly be in the back of my mind. And I just don't think I could perform like I used to. Yeah. I mean, not that he was like a top player in the league or anything, you know, I mean, but, he was a, a starting and he was a starting yeah. player in the NFL, which yeah. is very impressive. But yeah. Oh, I, yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I would probably still go back out and play. I mean, you would. Yeah. It, I don't, as I don't as, think you would. As long as the doctors said, "Hey, you're good to go," like I'm going back out would. there. Yeah, I would. I know. I know you, and I don't think you would. Yes, I would. I definitely. Would. I, I mean, he's what twenty two, twenty three years old. Like at that Maybe, point, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I'm mean, talking my age. I, yeah, well, yeah, if that happened to me, I'm 32 years old. If that happened to me now where I was playing football and had a heart attack, like I'm definitely not going to do it again. Like, But if, yeah. I'm in my, if I'm in my early 20s and the doctors are telling me that I'm good to go and, and stuff like that, like, yeah, I mean, he's still obviously got a long career ahead of him if he wants it. So, I mean, I would definitely, you know, probably lean towards playing again rather than not playing again. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, and sticking with the Bills, so the uh, Madden 24 cover player athlete, or whatever you want to call it, was announced this week, and it has been determined that quarterback Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen will be the cover athlete on this year's version of Madden 24. So uh, this is the first time a Bills player has ever been selected. Um, you know, do you think the Madden curse is going to follow Josh Allen? I don't really follow that crap to be honest, but uh, I kind of don't like that it's Josh Allen. You know what I mean? He didn't like he had an f- impressive first half of the season, but then he just like kind of declined. Who's your Who's your ideal Madden cover athlete? <laughs> I mean, he would just this same guy would be on the cover every year, so it'd be boring. <laughs> but it'd just be Mahomes every year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely yeah, I mean, how can you pick anything, yeah. anyone else unless you're going defense, but. Because yeah. Mahomes doesn't play defense, but 
you know. I mean, I, w- I would at least switch it up every year. <laughs> you know, it, we can't. It would be pressure. cool if they have like if if they have like offense year, defense year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like or at like least odd numbers or defense or and the year, whatever. Remember the year after the Steelers and the Cardinals played in the Super Bowl? They had, uh, I think it was Larry Fitzgerald and Troy Polamalu were both on the cover. Oh, that's so cool, yeah. I think it would be cool if they did that every year, you know, have yeah. a player from each one of the Super Bowl teams both be on the cover. Um, that would be, you know, then just a board picking random quarterback yeah. that people loved and it was nothing about his stats because Josh Allen didn't really have statistically one of the best seasons. So, you know, no. I don't understand where they came from with that. but So, and I don't know if they changed it, but, in order to pick the Madden cover athlete, each team puts a player's name out there and then they select it from there. So like it, if if you're playing for the Cowboys, you guys all vote to put, you know, maybe Dak Prescott or whoever to be put up as your team's Madden cover athlete. And then the, the Madden people select from the 32 players that the teams put forward. So I don't know, <laughs> like if you're the chiefs, I mean, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes is at the top of your list, but you don't want to put his name out there every year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I would, but if I'm if I'm on the roster, I'm going to pick my best player, and 99% of the time, that's going to be your quarterback, or at least you know 90% of the time, I'd say. Some yeah. of these teams aren't really quarterback driven. Uh, I mean, that's usually the worst teams, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Just uh, I would I would put Jordan Love on the cover in Madden or something, you know. <laughs> Throw a curveball. He's not the worst. You just didn't see enough yet. He plays like one game. <laughs> I would just I would just like throw it like all the Madden players. So I would just throw, throw him a curveball and just put like the worst player. Like put up Zach Wilson or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That would, but Zach Wilson was at least like a like a fan favorite. Uh, by a lot of team people, you know what I mean. Yeah. He was a like a top. He was number one overall pick, wasn't he? I forget. Uh, number two. Uh, number two. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> pick somebody random like like uh, Davis Mills or somebody. Yeah. Random. Or put, <laughs> put like Josh Rosen, but like but like maybe put like the Browns on the practice squad or something. Yeah. It would be pretty funny because people would be – some people would be literally pissed about it and it's not yeah. even a big deal to me. Yeah. I wouldn't give a shit. I'd probably laugh and I'd probably actually buy it. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. You're, we're going to buy it no matter who's on the cover of it. No, I haven't bought – oh, yeah, I don't care about who's on the cover. But yeah. unless, it's like, unless it's like Carson Wentz or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that just annoys the fuck out of me and I can't look at yeah. it. If Carson I don't want to Wentz- be loaded. Loading the game and that guy's the cover of it. Yeah. If Carson Wentz is on the cover of Madden, it's probably just going to be nothing but glitches the whole time. <laughs> that, that would be a good one. They just see Carson Wentz. Where's he at again? I forget. Yeah. Or is he nowhere? It's, it's, it Carson Wentz on the cover, but you never actually play the game. You're just going to like doctor's <laughs> visits and stuff. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole game. He's just traveling to different doctors and stuff like that. Dude, can we... We make like a spoof, fucking mad team. No, it's like it's like Grand Theft Auto. Where you just walk around, but you're driving to like doctors' visits and stuff the whole time, getting your ACL X-rayed and MRI and stuff like that the whole time. Oh my god! <laughs> and then eventually, towards the end of the season, you get to play like one game and you just yeah. you just suck. Yeah. 
Uh, then you get benched. You get benched four games in the season and then (laughs) made the starter again the last game of the year. (laughs) Oh, my God. Could you imagine? We need need to to propose this idea to EA Sports. Oh, man. That's a million-dollar idea right there. I think it'd be more fun than the last two bands. They've all been the same. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I seen agree. someone post it one day on Twitter. It's like uh, the only thing they change with Madden is how how uh, high definition the sweat is. It's kind of true. Uh, I'm excited next year, though, that they're when they're bringing back the new uh, NCAA football game. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for that one because, you know. Is that because it, people are getting paid now yeah, finally? Yeah, that's exactly that why. The, is that yeah. why? I didn't yeah. I didn't even they, I knew they, they were coming back, but Yeah, they stopped making it because college players were pissed off because they were using their names and likenesses and stuff like that and nobody was seeing any money from it, so that's why they kinda of stopped. But now that everybody's getting these NIL deals and stuff like that, they're finally bringing the game back. Right. So yeah, I'm excited for that one. I can't wait to see what the improvements are after not having the game for ten years. <laughs> yeah. Uh well it should be a lot better unless it looks like Madden 95 or something. But. I mean, it wasn't bad. And you can, like, I was I like on. the college game actually better. To yeah, be I do too. There's more options and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, I'm excited for that to come out next year. I can't wait for that one. That's a lot more, uh, lot more t- teams, obviously. So, yeah, that's a lot of work to yeah. put into it. Not like they make every player look, you know, as good as, like, the NFL's. Right. Because you have a lot less players. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just different. It's cool, and you get to know players better on different teams. And you know, what I mean, it's, it's hard to follow a lot for a lot of people. It's hard to follow college because it's just so many fucking teams. Yeah, different. Uh, a lot of different. So many conferences. So many conferences and everything. Yeah, you know, it's the just, rankings and stuff like that. Like, and I think I don't even really keep up with it as much as I used to. To be honest, I do. Uh, I keep up with like my team and stuff like that. And like, I keep up with yeah, the top, I do that. Yeah, the top, I the top 25 that. rankings and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's college football is a lot, a lot more to follow than the NFL. Obviously you got a lot more teams and stuff like that. So I mean, but yeah, yeah not to get too far, far off topic, but this season is going to be a regular season playoff wise for uh, top four. And then I think 2025 season with college, they go to top 12. Yeah. Which I'm excited about. I think um, it's top twelve. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, that's huge. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. That's going to yeah. be. They needed to do that years and years ago. I yep. think that's that's fucking great. Yeah, I can't wait for that. I think it, it's going to bring a lot more interest to the sport. Um, you know what I mean? Because you're not. It just seems like it's top. You know, uh, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio yeah. State, uh, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the same fucking. And I, few teams i hope that the first year that they do it like the number 12 seed i hope they make it to the national championship game that would so be we, great so for, we can kind of football yeah so we can kind of prove the ncaa wrong and say mm-hmm. hey listen assholes you guys should have been doing it like this for years yeah yeah they, i think that i think it kind of screwed over a lot of teams uh and organizations because there's been a lot of years where you're like, this team is definitely better than, you know, the teams that made it. Oh, yeah. And I just thought it was fucking stupid, but yeah. it is what it is. But uh, it'll be cool. Yeah. Anyways, back on NFL. All right. So we are now going to get into our State of the Franchise segments. This week we are going to start off with the Baltimore Ravens. 
Uh, they had finished their 2022 campaign at 10 and 7, which was second place in the AFC North. As far as their offense, they finished the year with 20.4 points per game, which was 20th in the league. Their third down percentage was 41%, which was number 12 in the league. Fourth down conversion percentage, they were 43.48%, which was 25th in the league. And red zone scoring percentage, they were 44.44%, which was 30th in the league. And then they were up towards the top of the league at number three with rushing yards per game at 159.7. And then they were towards the bottom of the league at number 28 with passing yards per game at 180.5. And how did they do on defense, Matt? Absolutely great. Um, Opponent yards per game, they were sixth in the league at 319 yards. Opponent rushing yards per game, they were third in the league at 89. And this is where they struggled a little bit. Their passing yards per game, opponent passing yards per game, and they were 23rd in the league at 229. And then as far as defensive key stats, uh, opponent opponent completion percentage, 66%. That's not that great. And opponent red zone scoring, 48%. So definitely better on the defensive side of the ball. Right. And then this is a team that is going to have really high expectations coming into this year. I mean, we've seen Lamar Jackson, who they made the highest paid quarterback in football. Um, You know, he was injured a lot last year. And then towards the end of the year, he missed like the last five or six games. So he's going to be coming back healthy this year. Um, They've got tight end Mark Andrews, you know, coming back for next year. Center Tyler Linderbaum coming back. And then on defense, they've got guys like Marlon Humphrey and then linebacker Roquan Smith coming back for next year. And then they did sign uh, Odell Beckham Jr. this offseason. You know, so defensively, mm-hmm. like you discussed, they did pretty well. Offensive-wise, they're going to have a lot of key players coming back, plus the addition of OBJ. Like this should be, you know, one of the better teams in the league, um, if not one of the better teams in their division. Uh, you know, this should be a team that's going to give Cincinnati a run for their money to win the division. Uh, but I, I, I see Cincinnati winning this division again. Um, I could definitely see Baltimore finishing second place. I think they're going to have maybe a, a win or two more than they did last year. Uh, but I think, you know, right around second place is where I see them finishing uh, in the division yeah. for next year. Yeah, I could see that. I, I could definitely see that. Especially with uh... – Lamar finally back, like you said, and uh, not that their backup Huntley was terrible, but um, I think Lamar adds a little bit more to it. You know how right. we both feel about Lamar. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I just, you know, and I was reading like team, uh, you know how it is in their off season programs. They talk up the quarterbacks and they right. say, "Oh my God, this is their best shape of their life. This is the best <laughs> of throw. You know, the best." arm of their of their career and blah 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 blah. they've been saying that about Lamar he looks like he's on point and stuff like he's more driven than he's ever been you know, blah 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 they say that about every quarterback but uh I don't believe any of it until I see it so yeah. I think it'll boost him a little bit you know finally getting this contract bullshit out of the way but yeah I can't see him getting past second place you know, we know he's first, and that's probably going to stick. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, our second and last team of the week for the state of the franchise is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. They finished first place in the NFC North with a 13-4 and record. Offensively, they had 24.9 points per game, which was number eighth in the league. Yards per game, they were number sixth in the league at 359.8. Third down percentage, they were 41%, which was number 11 in the league. Fourth down uh, percentage, they were 47.6, which was number 22 in the league. Red zone scoring percentage, they were 63.24, which was number eighth in the league. Rushing yards per game, they were towards the bottom of the league at number 29 with 95.7. And then passing yards per game, they were one of the better teams in the league at number four with 264.2 yards per game. And how did the Vikings do last year on defense? Uh, absolutely terrible. They did uh, opponent yards per game. They were 31st in the league at 391 yards. Uh, opponent rushing yards per game. They were 21st um, at 124 yards. And opponent passing yards per game, 31st at 266 yards. And then their key defensive stats, excuse me, uh, opponent completion percentage, 66%, and opponent red score percentage, 58%. So obviously all the, the jokes and stuff that we make at Kirk Cousins' expense, um, you know, defensively, they, that's the reason why that they, they lost that playoff game against the Giants. That's the reason why they were so unsuccessful last year because, you know, offensive-wise, especially their passing yards, they were, you know, top five in the league. Um, so Kirk Cousins, you know, like I said, we like to make a lot of jokes about him, but he's not that that too terrible of a quarterback, you know. And, you know, you're going to have guys like, you know, wide receiver Justin Jefferson coming back. Uh, they're going to have tight end TJ Hawkinson coming back next year. And then a few key defensive players, safety Harrison Smith and defensive back uh, Byron Murphy Jr. So, like I said, offensively is is probably where their strong suit is for this team. Defensively, uh, they need to make some adjustments. Um, they need to you know revamp that defense. But with the current situation in the NFC North, you know, with uh, Jordan Love and the Packers, his first full season as a starter. The Bears, I don't really trust too much. Um, and then the Lions, who are, we think are going to win that division. I can see the Vikings, you know, probably not getting 13 wins again. But I think they get 11, possibly 12 wins. And I think I see them finishing second place in the NFC North behind the Detroit Lions. I like it. Um, I definitely hope that's the case. Uh, we're both Lions fans. Yep. If you listen to our podcast. And uh, we're not Lions fans. It's just you know our backup teams. If yeah. once Jacksonville and Dallas is out <laughs> <laughs> for the NFC at least, uh, and hopefully they don't get fucked over like last year at the very last game of the season. And you know, I mean, it's only their own their own fault. They had to rely on another team to lose. But right. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, I think it's going to be a close battle between them and Detroit just because Minnesota is always going to be in the mix now with Green Bay, you know, being set years behind with losing Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah, I'd have to agree. I, I think Detroit, Detroit pulls, pulls us off this season. And I think it goes Detroit, Minnesota, Bears, Green Bay. I could agree with that, yeah. I just think yeah. 
Justin Justin Fields will get a little bit more help this season and grow a little bit, at, whereas uh, Jordan Love's just starting out. So Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's right around where I see the NFC North lining up this year too. So that's a good prediction. We'll see. All right. Well, thank you guys again for joining us for another edition of Late Hit. Uh, we will be back with you guys next week to discuss all the key topics from around, around the league and do another edition of State of the Franchises with two more teams. So don't forget to follow, listen, like, subscribe, comment. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Late Hit PFR. Matt is at Matt PFR, and I am at T underscore Luddy on Twitter. So you guys can follow us. Don't forget to listen. We'd love to hear your feedback, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you, guys.